Okay, that that's us. That's us just live then. So let's go. I am here with Cara Goodwin. Cara is a meditation master, podcast host of the Meditation Conversation, Recce Master. And for this interview, I have dubbed her had a a dimensional uh, a dimensional hopper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a bit like myself. That seemed to be the most kind of appropriate um appropriate term to to Tani introduce you um so yeah Karen uh Cara normally I kind of start with introducing myself but I, I don't understand why I do that when most people who are going to tune into this know exactly who I am so <laughs> <laughs> we'll just skip that bit Cara hi the hell are hello you? hello thank you so much for having me it's such a joy to be here brilliant um well as I said, I gave you a bit of an introduction there, so I'm hoping people are going to be um, a little bit curious as to who you are, and I'm hoping that um, some lovely people join us either in the studio or on or on uh, YouTube anyway. But regardless, anyway, this interview will be going out um, afterwards. So, Cara, um, you weren't always like this. Um, you weren't always this uh, Zen meditation <laughs> master podcast host extraordinaire, dimensional traveler, and recce master. I know from my research is that after you left uni, you started um, working in IT industry. Um, you were an IT pro for a big pharmaceutical company um, for about 15 years. And then you moved to the IT consulting for, and then sales for IBM. So if you could tell us a bit about that, and then obviously maybe potentially you moved on to Italy, that would be, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So you've you've done great research and and uh, given a great high level um, introduction of of where I started. So just as you said, I was a very uh, what did they call them in, in Harry Potter, like a Muggle or Muggle? Are you a Harry Potter fan? Anyway, just a regular you know corporate person um, and. I had, I have two children, so, um, and, and I'm married. So we, I, I just was going around the regular, in my regular life where I was doing the, the corporate job and, and raising kids and having pets and all of that. And I've always been kind of interested in spirituality from kind of a broad sense. Um, so if I saw, you know, a book on reincarnation or something, I'd be very drawn to it, but I, I didn't meditate. I didn't really have a lot of time really to nurture that part of myself. And, um, eventually we moved to Italy and I stopped working at that point. And so that really gave me time where if I would have wanted to really start to explore, more things like spirituality, I, I would have done that. I did pick up some hobbies that I didn't really have t a lot of time for before, but I still wasn't really making um, meditation or spirituality a big part of my life. Um, I didn't really have an environment that was very conducive to that. I didn't like the people that I was around weren't interested in it. Um, so there wasn't really much pushing me in that direction, apart from just that natural curiosity that I always have had. And then at, at, we had one year when we lived in Italy, we lived there for four years and one year in particular, um, my life just turned upside down 
really out of the blue. Um, we got a, my sister-in-law had been suffering with depression. You mentioned about Michelle um, and Michelle was my sister-in-law, really, really close, dear friend of mine. Um, and she had been depressed and she ended up taking her life. And, and that was really shocking. Um, and so we were dealing with that and, and in the course, so that happened in May and between May and November, I'll just list out the series of events that, that came, that just fell on us. Um, our dog died shortly after Michelle. Um, my stepdad was having a neuro neurological issue and ended up having a, a, an operation on his brain stem that took a long time and was in the hospital for a long time or for a while, I should say. My stepmom, no, excuse me, my mother-in-law was crossing the street and got hit by a motorbike and ended up in the hospital for a, a long time recovering from that. And then um, my stepmom had a degenerative heart condition that uh, she'd been dealing with for years, but she ended up in the ICU um, and having a heart transplant in November of that year. So, and this is all while we were living in Italy and my in-laws are in the UK and my family's in the US. So we can't even really be there dealing with it with everybody. We were isolated. So it was a very uh, traumatic time. And it was also just a time where I felt like I I was like blowing around in the wind is kind of how I look back on it. Like I just didn't have, it was like, because I was living so surface level, it was like, I didn't have anything to really kind of ground me in and, and remind me what life really is about. Like I felt like life was scary and unpredictable and um, traumatic, you know, it was just like, and I just felt like there had to be, more to it, you know, that, that, that this all must have been coming together for some purpose. And I had always been drawn to meditation. It was one of those things, like if I was reading an article, like if I was skimming the news and there was an article on meditation, I would be like, oh, I want to read that because it felt like there was some key to this meditation thing that like people who did it accessed information that was, uh, you know, beyond kind of what we have access to through the intellect. And so I understood that it was very interesting and, but I had tried to do it a few times and didn't really know what I was doing. So when this year happened, I was like, okay, I'm going to start with meditation because I just don't know what's going on and I need something. And so that was kind of my my go to. And so I found a teacher and I found a method because the important thing was like, how do I actually do this so that I'll keep doing it? <laughs> because that had been such a hurdle for me. You know, I would try it for a week or something and I'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel any difference. And and I again, like just blown around in the breeze, like, well, I'll put that back down because that's not doing anything for me. So. Um, through finding actual techniques, that was such a key for me. And then from that, it was like a way I went. I really approached it from a very secular standpoint. I didn't pray as part of my meditation. I wasn't like really trying to connect with my higher self. I'd kind of, it was a very, very grounded, very like worldly, like I just need to like remember what calmness feels like and and that kind of thing. And I even went to a healer 
maybe a year after I started meditating or, or something like that. And she said to me, like, you don't pray. Why don't you pray? And I was like, why would she think I don't pray? You know, like, that's really funny because she knew I was a meditator and she she knew like I was taking this course on opening my heart, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, why would she assume that I don't pray? You know, of course she wasn't. She was going, your heart's not opening as much as it should. And I can, I'm getting why that is. And so, you know, ultimately I did take up praying and kind of definitely opening myself up more and more. Um, but it certainly didn't start that way for me. Brilliant. Do you know, one of the kind of, um, common where's that echo coming from one of the kind of common denominators that i find with spiritual people um certainly in the people that i'm in contact with on a kind of regular basis but also doing research and interviewing people is that they all seem to be through some sort of trauma mm. they all seem to have suffered some sort of trauma big or small one major event, a number of small events. And I can certainly say this has been true in my life. Um, I've suffered um, some big, big traumas. But I guess that these traumas are kind of designed to wake us up, you know, to stop us identifying with the world around us, the world that we see every day, and to start making us do the inner work um, mm -hmm. and searching for answers on a kind of bigger and cosmic scale. And it's then that you begin to, to open up to to this kind of larger life that was that was hidden from you. Um, certainly my own experiences have, have, have helped me like that there. Um, before I kind of woken up, you know, I, I, I was completely unaware of this. I know looking back throughout my life, I had interest in kind of like the more kind of esoteric and sort of spiritual things that books on meditation and hypnosis and like I had a a book on self-realization by um, a god of a Hare Krishna without really kind of paying attention to it. And then later on, you know, kind of maybe in my 20s, maybe a bit later, I downloaded like 180 ebooks on philosophy and out-of-body experience, never really reading any of it. Um, mm -hmm. But I kind of buried all that part of myself until one day I'd kind of came into contact with someone who I later found out was a medium knew nothing about mediumship, knew nothing about psychics, didn't even think it was real. So it was imagined, it was a massive shock to me. Um, and, and I kind of opened up without even understanding what was happening to me because I'd never felt anything like that before. I'd never felt, why, why can't I focus? Why can't I concentrate? You know, what has happened to me? Have I been drugged? Um, mm. And it was only kind of understanding, well, that's that's you opening up, you know, that's like what we would call spirit or spiritual entities or the spiritual energy coming into you that I understand. And it, it was just such a revelation to me. Um, now, later on, obviously, that was my, kind of my first awakening, but kind of searching and, and, and wanting as much growth as possible, because I think in those early days, you're you're very hungry, you're very eager, you're thrown in yourself into so many different practices and research. And I was kind of like, well, I want the most growth that I can. And it was then that I, that I had a massive, massive trauma that fundamentally changed my life. And, but it was there then that I found that um, my, my kind of opening up took a, a massive, uh, massive upward spiral, you know, and it all kind of kicked off for, for me with the development of, 
the things that we were talking about just before before we started there. So I'm I'm just kind of wondering um, in a long-winded way what your thoughts on 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 trauma and spiritual awakening and growth are. I agree with you a hundred percent. It does really feel like the 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 one of the pathways to awakening is trauma and that's one of the connections that I can see looking back in my own experience where it was like, I had such a comfortable, I mean, I loved living the Mediterranean life, you know, like making time for coffee after I dropped the kids off for, from school. And, you know, you go down and it's very leisurely. And um, I was really, really enjoying that. And there really wasn't, and even though I innately had this interest in spirituality, so I may be reading like I said, like books on reincarnation or books about children are remembering their past life experiences. You know, I remember that was one of the, I read several books like that, that just fascinated me before I truly awakened. Um, you know, I'd go that far that I'm like, okay, my, one, some of the leisurely books that I'm reading are in that vein, but I wasn't doing anything to really propel it. And it's not, I mean, there are of course instances where people are literally walking down the street and they just have a Kundalini awakening and they're, but that is traumatic for them because they have no idea what just happened. They've got all this power that just came into them and they can't make heads or tails of it. Their life just shifted for, but they were walking down the street and that in and of itself is a really difficult thing because you can feel like you just lost your mind. Um, I, I, again, looking back, I recognize I was having little physical things that were happening that were awakening, you know, parts of my awakening that I didn't know what was happening. Like I was seeing things in my field of vision like checkerboard patterning that was rotating and it was just out just in my peripheral sight but like continuously like I went to the hospital for it because eventually like I had a friend who was a an ortho what do you call him the optometrist all right okay. and and her husband worked at the hospital as also as an optometrist so they got me an appointment again like I'm in Italy I don't know who to go to you know um, and they, you know, they were looking at my macula and all kinds of stuff because she's like, you, you know, she knew I was a runner at the time and she's like, don't run just in case like you're having some retinal separation and all this stuff, because I'm describing these things. I'm like, sometimes it's like a checkerboard pattern or like a chessboard, you know, um, drafts board, I think you'd say, um, sometimes it's like different colors, but like and I had no idea what was going on, but it happened for weeks. And, um, you know, they they saw something in my macula, but he was it was pretty inconclusive and it ended up going away. But we didn't. I mean, I was like, I don't know if I'm having like a brain tumor or something, because that. so in my field of vision, I was seeing this. Well, now I understand or the way that I understand that is that that was an energy, you know, things were opening up that new network, new neural wiring. You know, I'm not sure exactly what the cause of that was, but I believe it was energetic and it was right on the heels of everything that was about to change. I mean, literally when my sister-in-law passed away, my husband went straight away to London and I didn't go I went to the hospital the next day. Like that's when my appointment was to go and be checked. 
Um, so like literally this was all happening all at the same time. I think I may have just kept enjoying like where I was in my life and like why upset the apple cart? You know, it's like, let's just keep having like our cappuccinos in the morning and, and waiting for the kids to come home from school and, you know, just enjoying the streets of Bologna. You know, it's, it's not a bad way to be. But because I had this, like, suddenly my life was unrecognizable and, and I needed, like, something deeper, um, It re that was the catalyst for me. And I don't, again, like, I don't know that I would have actually started exploring it deeply and, and going, going into it really deeply if I didn't feel like I didn't have a choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Would you say that um, uh, you're one of the, the 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 lucky ones potentially? I know that because of the the energy shifts on on the planet at the minute, um, I call it the the green ray energy, um, heart energy. You know, coming in. There's there are so many people who are, as you say, undergoing Kundalini awakenings, being forced to do the inner work that have absolutely no idea about any of this here. And as you turn around and say, they're going to psychiatrists, psychologists, thinking that there's something wrong with them and looking for a physical um, explanation of this. And then there are some people who, for me anyway, rather than embrace this, are completely rejecting it. And as a matter of fact, actually, what's the word? Um, becoming more retarded, um, becoming backwards, mm -hmm. regressing away from that kind of spiritual awakening or heart-based energy. Um, just wondering what your thoughts are on that, because I, I do want to touch on that kind of later. Yeah, I that's a great point. To, to be awake kind of as all of this is going on, it, it really, yes, I would say it's very fortunate because there are so, there are so many different ways to perceive what's happening or to not even notice what's happening, you know, or to not even um, accept what's happening. Um, I do definitely appreciate having a different viewpoint for, you know, particularly, so, you know, putting aside my own things that I went through years ago, we all have gone through stuff the last two years together and individually, but, you know, to be able to, to, to be, the word that's coming to me is above it, but that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound very, <laughs> sounds very arrogant, but, but just like to yeah. let it be happening and not let it be like really coming in and, and really altering kind of how uh, altering my own peace and my own, you know, because I, I now am at a place where I understand that, this is just one expression of something much, much bigger that's happening. And this is already a temporary expression of that. So it's kind of a, like, what, what can I do with this? I mean, it's, it's an honor to be here right now. You know, it's, it, to your point, it's like, from what I understand, I, I love hearing people talk about, you know, this is the greatest show in the cosmos right now <laughs> is Earth. Like everybody who's not here is watching <laughs> what's going on here. And so how amazing that that we are here and that even though it's not 
like this beautiful play of of having our cappuccinos every morning <laughs> in the streets of Bologna. But, um, you know, it really is an honor to be able to go through it and to be able to witness it from a different perspective, uh, one of opportunity um, and trying to help people to change their perception as well and to use it as a tool and to use it as an opportunity. Um, really, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, yeah. it's, it's very fortunate. It is. Although sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's fortunate because yeah, we we all know that. Um, I don't know where this feedback's coming from. We know we both know that the inner work is is hard. Sometimes it's it's really hard, and sometimes we just want to um, carry on, especially if we're in those happy periods where things seem to be sailing, where we're sailing into the wind rather than against it, and you know, in those times come along where you you recognize that i have more work to do or there's more energy shifts going on it's not easy um, yeah. and i think that maybe just people need to to, to kind of be aware of that that a, a spiritual awakening and spiritual growth is not all a bed of roses it's difficult sometimes and sometimes we look at those people in life who are just breezing through life and having their cappuccinos during the daytime on the streets of bologna and you kind of wish sometimes that I wish I, that was me again, but I think that once Pandora's box is open, it can't it can't be closed again. This this is it. This is me. I can't go back to that life. Yes, I yeah. agree, hundred percent. Yeah. So let's talk about. Um, sorry for interrupting you. Let's talk a little bit about your your development because I know you've mentioned that you know you spent time learning different meditation techniques and you were immersed in yogic philosophy as well. Um, and kind of what you've done is, is looking to to pair these ancient yoga techniques with, with modern science. So like self-realization with brain activity and, 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 and the body. I'm kind of wondering, could you talk about that? Just because I, I've obviously um, read and listened to the autobiography of, of Yogananda. And, you know, they, they talk about his his guru and his guru's guru and you know, this this kind of blend of, of religion and philosophy and techniques such as Kriya Yoga and stuff like that. I'm just wondering, could you touch on that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So that was my gateway, um, was Yogananda. So um, I read, like, just at the very beginning of my awakening, found Autobiography of a Yogi, really, really was intrigued by it and managed to find, like, even as the book was coming to an end, I was like, I want to learn these methods because he had such a scientific approach. You know, he was like, this is, this is like, if you follow these methods, then you can control your, your system and you can access different things within your system. So, um, I managed because again, this is while I was still in Bologna. Should I try putting on headphones? Do you think that'll help? It's probably me. Things seems to be okay. more. Of a thing. But if, if you're getting feedback at your end, it's okay for me. It's not. It's yeah. not bad. But well, I'm not guess, hearing it when yeah. you do it. So sometimes, when I, whenever I think, I think it's this room. I need to get a different room in order to broadcast from. But this is kind okay. of the best room available at the minute. Sometimes okay. I get a feedback, and sometimes I'm not. So. Um, okay. It just seems a common goal, but we'll persevere. Okay. okay. I think it's it's okay. But when you mentioned it, I started noticing it. But 
Um, so anyway, yeah, I loved his his story and I love the teachings that he brought. I found so he founded the self-realization fellowship and I really wanted to learn. You mentioned Kriya, this this Kriya technique that that he um, teaches. I wanted to learn that. But again, I was living in Italy at the time and they had like a mail in program where if you wanted to learn, if you wanted to follow this path to to learn the technique, you had to like receive these mail in instructions and lessons. And um, I didn't get my mail very consistently at all where we lived. And then there were like international shipping rates. And I was like, well, this does not seem very logical. And I was like, I guess I could start that up because we knew we'd move back to America. And I was like, well, I guess I'll, I could start that up when we moved to America. But I was really hungry. You know, I was like, I just got turned on. Like, I need something to feed this. So, it, <laughs> so I know what to do with it. Um, so I found another organization and they were very, they had a big online presence and they were a smaller organization, but you could learn all of the methods and techniques and take that path to learning Korea online. So I did that and I, I am a Korea bond. I use Korea every day. Um, and I was involved with that organization for a while. Um, and that was an interesting step on my path because, again, I was very new to really becoming awakened. Um, they were all about, they were all centered on Yogananda's teachings and techniques. Um, his, those are timeless in their way, but he also died in 1952. And so as I started having deeper experiences where I was, you know, I'd see like flashes of symbols, like, when I would fall asleep, like I'd be starting to fall asleep at night and I'd see these like flash, 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 like rapid flashing of different symbols. And I was like, what in the world is that? And that organization, well, for one thing, they kind of had this foundational thing of like, you just don't talk about if you have any phenomenon that comes up, like you don't talk about it because it can make people jealous or people can start to feel competitive. And that is true. You know, you don't want to start to getting into like, you know, how big is yours kind of thing, you know, but I didn't have anybody to go. I realized like they're kind of shutting down this. Stuff. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want me to talk about it. They want me to ask about it. They don't, whether they, the people, I talked about it with like a couple of people just to feel it out. But I even felt guilty about doing that because I knew that it was like, we don't talk about this stuff. And eventually that just didn't work for me where I was like, but this is real, it's happening. And I and I think that if Yogananda was alive and I came to him, he wouldn't say that like, just because you can't find this in the book doesn't mean it's not real. I think he'd know what I was talking about and he would advise me. But the, the teachings that are here now as his legacy are for the masses, you know, and and they're not for that individual. I'm like, I am sure he told his direct disciples, like if they came to him, that he would totally advise them and not like and not that I felt shut down, but I just felt like I reached a dead end. And so then. I realized like I was getting to this point and this is a really important realization for me because I was with that organization for, I want to say two or two and a half years, something like that. And it became a lot of rehashing. It was like, these are the teachings. These are the, the you know, more or less it's like scripture and 
these are what the, the, you know, this is what he says. And then, you know, you'd have like a, a teacher who was teaching what Yogananda said, and then they'd put their own spin on it and how they applied it to their life. But I got to the point where I was like, I already know where this is going. You know, it was like, it really plateaued for me because I had, it, it really felt like I had exhausted these very rich, you know, I, it was a really important step, but I had to move on from it. And I was discouraged from moving on from it. Again, there were some people within the organization who were supportive and they were like, I totally get it, you know, keep going. And then I, but I definitely had others who were like trying to keep me in and like thought that that was the only path. That was the only way I was ever going to self-realize. Um, but I recognized within myself that like that thirst that I had was just, I, it it was like I could stay here and and just go dry because I'm not getting I'm not hungry for this anymore. I, I'm satiated from it. I, I have I feel like I have what I need from it. And I could stay here because everybody tells me that this is the right path and this is the only path and this is the quickest path. But I feel slower now. Like I feel like I'm not I'm dragging through mud because I already know what they're going to say. We've already talked about this a lot in the last time, the last lecture I listened to. So I think from that, it is important. I mean, a lot of people talk about, you mentioned that the time that we're in and this, like, you know, you said a green ray um, time, this heart-based time, we're in an accelerated time. And I've heard many people say the age of the guru is dead. And that I think is an important thing for people to consider whether that is resonant for them or not. Um, I very much rejected that the first time that I first few times I heard it because I was following a guru, whether he was deceased or not, he was still my guru. Um, but again, I did, I had to listen. That was a challenge for me to listen to that, which was within me and coming from within me that was saying, keep going, keep going. And, um, and I had to, and, and there has been another instance even in since then where I kind of got lured into an organization that was very flashy and very like seemed to have these like very high teachings and advanced teachings and mystery school this. And I was like, oh my God, big, bright, shiny object. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is amazing. Look what I found, you know? And then that also ended up being like two living teachers um, really trying on the, the guru kind of outfit. And um, ultimately I had to recognize what was happening there and, and leave that as well. Um, so we do want to keep that discernment, keep ourselves um, discerning and making sure that that we are, you know, something may be the right thing for us as a step on our path, but it doesn't mean that that's like where we, you know, build a mansion and we don't move, you know, it's like, let it be a fluid thing where we keep growing and watch for those times where we're like either being led astray by something that's shiny and, and looking very golden, but maybe, you know, it's taking a lot from you, you know, energetically or more, or something that, you know, we kind of just get to the end of. And it's like, if I want to keep finding, if I want to keep connecting to God, I've got to keep this fire lit. And this is not, 
doing that anymore for me. It was like a huge ignition for me in the beginning. And then where am I today? You know, that's an important thing for us to keep in mind. Yeah, fantastic. Totally agree. Um, it, it is very interesting listening to you talk about that because um, it's something that I have explored and has been constantly in the back of my mind. You know, is this the next step for me? Should I go and learn Korea? Could I potentially self-realize? You know, what does self-realization actually mean? You know, am I self-realized or am I partially self-realized? Um, we've kind of had discussions around this before we come on and through our, our conversations. So it is interesting listening to you talk about that, how it's very um, formulaic, if that's kind of the word. Um, and it does sound very much like the first rule of Korea Club, you know, as mm. you do not talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love uh, that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's given me definitely pause to consider. Um, so yeah, I think it same with me, you know, like I, as I said, I've spent time um, developing these various abilities latent within me, but as much as some of them seem flashy, as much as some of them seem great, there comes a point where you, you either realize, mm, I don't know if this is my path. I think maybe I've outgrown this or maybe this path just isn't for me. And I, I've talked about this before. Is it like my development as a, as like a medium or a spiritual medium as a psychic has been kind of put on the back burner because, well, number one, I'm, I'm a healer and I find that more, uh, more of a, um, I, I don't know, it just touches you more. It, it, it's it's something that, that goes beyond that. It, it's a very personal and it's a very, um, privilege to be able to, to do that and my other things. Um, but I also found that, look, I find that I could potentially be more of service by um, by doing things like this here rather than going along that path, even though it sounds potentially crazy to some people. Why would you not want to develop along that path? For some people, it just isn't. And for me, it just wasn't. And I found that I'm drawn more towards towards my other disciplines and to doing this here because I feel this is more my path. So I think you're right. There are things that can appear flashy, that can appear to be um, your own goal. But if it doesn't sit right within you, I think it's time for you to move on. You have to use your own discernment. Mm -hmm. um, now, you've mentioned about meditation, and we want to kind of talk more about that. Um, I think meditation helps with you, you balancing. We've talked about life and tough trials, having triggers in your life. And I think that when you have a, a, a words are failing me here. It, it must be my Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you have a, a discipline, a discipline of meditation, um, it, it helps so much with, with just about every aspect of your life. You know, you can be grounded, you can be centered, you can be more in tune with your purpose. You've mentioned that through your meditative practices, you become rarely sick, um, which is which is pretty amazing. It can help with triggers that we have during the day. Um, one of the things that I always like to talk about is balance. And one of the techniques that I've come across is this kind of balancing technique where if you have a trigger or you have an emotional reaction to something during your day, 
the key is not to to try and shunt it out of your mind. That, oh, you know, forget about that, and I forgive that person. It's all love, life. It's to to bring that experience into your meditation and to to feel that emotion, to blow that emotion up, whether it's hate, anger, resentment, anxiety, to blow it up as big as you can, and then to then slowly feel the opposite of that emotion, peace, love, harmony, until you find a balance between the two. So. Um, I know obviously you are a meditation master and you you found this. So I'm just kind of wondering about your your experiences with meditation in regards to all those things that I've talked about, including your discovery that you get really sick with with your meditative practices. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to go into that. One of the things that really that I really lit up when you talked was when you talked about um, not shoving away. The, the emotions we don't want to feel because this is one of the things that as we develop along a path, we can feel like, well, if I'm truly who I'm wanting to develop into the night, I will tolerate this and I will not be upset with this person who's trying to trigger me, you know, and it's, there's a difference between suppression and emotional mastery. You know, it's not that we don't feel, you know, it's like we we can. And, and one of the things that you also said beautifully is that trigger, you know, I do find that with a meditation practice, there is bigger pause between the trigger and the response. But I live with a 14 year old and an 11 year old. So I cannot sit here with a straight face and tell you I don't get triggered. You know, I'm like, um, bless you if you are a parent or anybody who's living with children and um, or with anybody else and and you don't get triggered. I mean, really, that's that is phenomenal. Um, but, you know, I have buttons and I have people in this house who know how to push. Them. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there is definitely a difference between, you know, before I found meditation and now, you know, I really, I can um, have a greater pause, my reactions, you know, I don't let myself just get stepped all over, you know, so just in the name of peace, you know, it's like, no, you, they have to be accountable and they're not allowed to talk to me however they want to and so forth. But it is that kind of, you know, there are lots of different pieces that come into it, one of which being that like overarching bigger view of what's going on here, you know, when I can be in that and be like, okay, you know, there he's 14, he's developing his brains, you know, I can have time to like consider all of these, these rational things. Um, but I love that what you're talking about, like when you're really feeling something uncomfortable or something that you don't like, something that you think is ugly about yourself, that you're feeling jealousy. I feel like jealousy is one of those that's like just, oh, who wants to feel that? You know, who wants to fess up to feeling that? But it's like, okay, feel it and recognize it and let it be seen so that you can notice that it's happening and not not push it away thinking that it's something something wrong with that person because that's what we tend to do it's like oh look at what she's doing oh my god you know it's like really is that what i'm feeling or is it really like no oh, i wish i thought of that <laughs> you know or whatever it is so 
it's like give yourself that opportunity to feel it like oh i don't feel comfortable what is that and um and then it's it's letting that come through letting that process letting it rise to the surface so that it can then be seen be released and it doesn't like keep a hold of you because when we experience something like let's say jealousy you know we're just like dismissing it nope that can't be jealousy because i'm i'm so above that you know then it's like it's still there you didn't prevent it from coming in you just didn't process it so it's still now it's in your energy field and it's doing it's landing wherever it's landing and if it doesn't get processed we know what happens which is it creates a blockage or it starts to manifest as some kind of mysterious other thing, whether that's a physical thing or whether it turns into some sort of anxiety or or however, you know, it manifests, but it, it doesn't just disappear. It just it just stays there and it affects us. So it is really important to be straightforward and to be to be accepting of who we are. And it doesn't mean that we go, oh, I'm jealous and that's cool. So now I'm just going to go and tell, you know, and do something that, you know, a lower version of you would do um, to deal with that. You know, it's it's it is like recognizing it, seeing it, processing and and holding that, you know, that maturity about it and using it as a tool. Um, about a month ago now, I I was meditating and I finally, it took me like three days to recognize that I had been feeling anxious and I'm not a hugely anxious person. So it's not like a, a hugely familiar feeling for me, but I knew that I had felt off for about three days, but I couldn't quite get my finger on it. And so I was in meditation and it's again, like in meditation, it's not like we're really trying to think, you know, we're really trying to go beyond thought, but, but thoughts come in, you know, this is just how it is. So, and it, it dawned on me, like I felt it, I could feel within me, like I'm a more kinesthetic person typically where I, I, I experience things more through feeling like when from beyond the senses, you know, extrasensory kind of thing. And I was like, what is this? I've been feeling this. And I, you know, I'm, and I'm kind of like rationalized, like, am I angry about something? Am I sad? Am I worried? And I was like, oh, it's anxiety. Like I feel anxious. And I didn't know why I really felt anxious. I think it's some of the energetic stuff that's going, I think it was bigger than me because I didn't necessarily have something that I was like, oh, this is why. But once I recognized it, I was like, oh, okay. And then like you're talking about, I was kind of amplifying it. I was feeling it. It was like, where do I feel it? And okay, here I see you, you know, and now let's go ahead and move this out. And through meditation, we start to get um, more adept at understanding our energy and moving our energy and working with it. And so then once, but it takes recognizing it. It takes being real about what's actually in front of you and what's happening um, and it was such a, and just acceptance of like, it's okay, you know, cause we tend, nobody wants to be anxious, you know, it's like, well, I'm peaceful all the time, you know, so what does it mean if I admit that I'm anxious, you know, but it was just like, oh, that's what this is. Yes, that's what this is. Okay. Now I can work with it. Cause I can, <laughs> I have, I can understand it a little bit better, you know, so 
Um, so I just loved that. I think that's so important that we do that. And then you mentioned also about um, the not being sick very often. And that was something that, that happened pretty quickly after I started taking up a regular meditation practice. I used to get sick at least a couple times a year. And it was this continuous chest respiratory infection um, every year, sinuses, like where I would cough and it just wouldn't, I, I would have a cough for like a couple of months every single year. And that was, that was like baseline. And then I could have other stuff going on, you know, regularly, but I would always get some sort of respiratory infection kind of thing. And sometimes I would get it twice. Like sometimes I'd get it in the summer too. Um, cause most of the time it was in the winter. And when I started meditating, I real like a whole year came and went and I was like, oh, I didn't get sick this year. That's cool. And I was doing like a neti pot and stuff because I really went the yogic direction to start with. Um, so I think the Yeti, the, the Yeti neti pot helped um, also. But, you know, I was living in a medieval city, like in the heart of a city with a lot of pollution, a lot of cigarette smoke, like if you walked in porticos. So when all these porticos and it combined with this exhaust, pollution, cigarette smoke, like the air was known to be really poor in the city that we lived in. And so that was pretty remarkable to not have gotten sick for a good year. And then when we moved back to America, I did get sick. I remember like as soon as we landed here, just all that stress and, and everything with that big, big move. I did. I, I was again, just a cold, but I it broke my streak. You know, I was like, I haven't been sick in a year and a half or whatever it was, you know, two years. Or, and um, but then I, I hadn't been sick again. I did get COVID um, at the end of 2020. I uh, I mean, the test was correct. I, I came up, I had some like tightness in my upper chest. And I noticed that when I was climbing the stairs, it was like I was out a little bit out of breath when I got to the top of the stairs and I had to run a workshop um, and it was going to be live in person. And I was like, I'm just going to get tested just to be sure, because I can feel something. I didn't really feel sick, but I felt something in my chest. And my, you could tell I was kind of like, you know how people sound when they're congested and I, it was positive. And so I didn't, I ended up doing the retreat online, but, uh, or the, the workshop, but, um, it did, it was very light for me. I didn't have a lot. And then I haven't been sick again until that. So that was in 2020, the end of 2020. And then I got a, uh, some sort of a congestion thing in November for, and it, it was reminiscent of how it used to go. Cause it was like a lingering cough um that lasted for several weeks and i t i tested negative that time for covid so but who knows i don't i don't know like it that seems to be one of the symptoms that happens with covid where you know you get this cough but then again like i used to get that all the time like every single year i would get so it felt very familiar but again i haven't had it for years so that's been my experience and and um and I don't really know fully like what to attest to that, like what the actual reason for that uptick in my health has been. Um, 
but I know that I'm deliberately bringing more vitality, more life force. You know, that's part of my meditation practice is like connecting to source and really like opening myself up to consciously bring in more energy into this body. Um, and so I, I'm sure that that is having some effect, but it's kind of hard to quantify that or to explain that and not sound like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> and I take a lot of supplements, like you say. I mean, that has been more of something that's come up in the last couple of years. I think I, I you know, wasn't even taking vitamins for a long time, but um, then I started taking a vitamin, and then it. Now I take like you know, half a dozen supplements every day or most days. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't hurt too. Brilliant. Absolutely love it. Um, one of the things you mentioned there just before we move on was um goodness me this is terrible was 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 we were talking about um having triggers and stuff like that and i think that <laughs> sometimes when i'm out and when you're interacting with people especially when you're you're maybe doing one of your workshops or giving advice and you come away <laughs> you can feel like jesus themselves so holy and so spiritual and then you come home um, and you interact with a loved one and it's just <laughs> bang. <laughs> they completely knock you right off, doesn't it? There's something about your loved one, that familiarity with them, that they they just push your buttons so much. So I just wanted to mention that. It's it's something that I've come across, been feeling quite <laughs> pleased with myself until I go home and <laughs> you left them socks lying there and it, it's, it, you're immediately that bang. <laughs> A vibration has just brought you straight back to earth and from going from this ascended master vibe <laughs> right, right down to this uh, you know, um, yeah, it's like it's, wait I have to be human again that was really fast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's finding that balance you know but um, yeah. yeah and the other thing you mentioned I'm hoping we have a wee bit of time to talk about that is, a, is these uh is this recognition of of the of the changes, the emotional changes within you? I guess you're absolutely right. I've talked about that myself. Is that we don't realize uh, what has happened to us, or we don't realize we're out of balance until we're halfway through the process. A kind of analogy I like to, or the came to me was like those wave machines when you're at the pool. You know, you're have your back to them, or even if you're at a beach, you don't realize the wave is there until it's actually on you and then you're all right okay but you're absolutely right it's it's important to to bring that to awareness to recognize it to acknowledge it and go okay this is where i am this is where i am i've tried different things oh i'm gonna think positive thoughts no i'm gonna put on some music to lift my vibration no i'll, I'll, I'll listen to some humor no um i'll try different things none of it works until you actually acknowledge and and recognize um, and accept that okay, this is the position that I'm in. This is the the vibration that I'm in. Now that I've accepted that, it's a relief. How do I work through it? So you're absolutely right. And hopefully, we'll talk about where those feelings come from, whether potentially whether whether these energy shifts or whether they're they're just local to us. But moving on, because you, you did mention about not getting sick, and I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering if your your Reiki healing has anything potentially to do with this. I'm wondering how you got into healing. Um, I I would kind of a spiritual healer, which is a bit different from Reiki healing, but I, I know that 
Reiki healing is you're you're consciously sending healing to to points in the body, um, and you're you're greatly increasing the innate healing within that body. And one of the the fascinating things that you mentioned on your is it your website where you um, and Reiki healing along with spiritual healing works on all living things, not just people, um, including trees. And you have a, a fantastic um, example. And, and different before and after pictures of uh, of of you bringing your your Reiki healing um, into contact with this tree that was was kind of was dying. Could you talk briefly about that? Yes, yeah. So I do use well. My foundation for healing is Reiki, as you mentioned, but it kind of quickly became its own thing. So with Reiki, you're there's an initiation. There's an there are attunements, and so I've I've had those, which are you know they really help to open you up. Um, and there are symbols that you use. So every time I do healing. Um, well, every time I do like a proper healing session with somebody, I do use those uh, Reiki symbols also. But there's also like the way that we're taught to do it, which it quickly kind of morphed in my own experience of like, okay, that's good. And then for me, it's like this, <laughs> you know, like sometimes I'm making different connections, like you know, I'll be working on the heart space and then it's like, okay, I have to go also up to the crown and then I have to picture a pyramid and I, you know, like just stuff that is like, I'm not sure where this is coming from, but this is, seems to be what wants to happen. Um, and so I kind of, I always like to just make sure that it's clear when I'm, especially with clients, because some people are like really, really curious about Reiki. And I'm like, okay, I can totally just do a Reiki session. If you want pure Reiki, or if you want like, you know, the Kara special, then <laughs> I can do whatever wants to come through kind of thing. Um, but the tree, yeah, was, was really beautiful because we live in a, in a place where the soil is not great. It's a lot of clay um, and this particular tree was like, and it, it is, it's on my website under the healing, um, part of the menu, but the, it was, I think it was June when I took the first picture and there are like some full grown leaves just like sprouting in random places, but there is like a lot of bare space that hadn't really even budded or anything. And so my, where I live, the houses are very close together also. And so I didn't really go right up to the tree too much. You know, I, I wasn't like doing the Reiki symbols on the tree. You know, I don't live in like a place where we're all, you know, kumbaya, like we all get along for sure, but I'm definitely an anomaly. Um, and but I, but you can do this all remotely. So I was like in the vicinity of the tree, but I was just giving the tree my focus and sending it healing energy, you know, from a distance. It was in my, most of the time I could see it. Sometimes I would be meditating inside and then bring it into, into my meditation and kind of work with it. But yeah, it, after I can't remember now how long it was. It, I mean, it wasn't instant, you know, it was like after a few weeks or however long it was, but you know, it was like a fully bloom. It was in, in bloom. 
fully. So it, it all filled out and it was really, really beautiful. And it was a beautiful illustration. Like you say, how this is, it works on all living things. Um, but to have, you know, a lot of times when you're working with clients, it can be hard because they're feeling it and they can tell you, like I was just working on this beautiful person last week or the week before, and she was having this terrible shoulder pain. By the time she left, she was like, oh my God, this feels amazing. Like I, it feels so good, but I can't see it. You know, I can't be like, oh my God, look, it grew leaves. (laughs) 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 But with the tree, it was such an amazing teacher because I could physically see the, the impact of the energy that was being sent to it. So it was a really, really important um, exercise and learning experience. Brilliant. I think you're absolutely right. You know, when when we're doing our healing, we, we don't get to see the results of, our, our, our work, or if you want to call it ours, um, we only have that person to give us the feedback. So to see uh, a visual representation or to see, you know, that it actually brought or manifested into, into, into a format where you can actually see the benefits of it is, is absolutely amazing. And it, it must have, it must have, I don't know, it must have, uh, must have lifted your vibration immensely. It really must Absolutely. Have. So I want to get on to things because I'm aware of the time of the essence is here. We, you do a meditation, uh, your meditation conversation podcast and listening to some of them, you talk about just about everything that I talk about, aliens, mysticism, mm-hmm. health, art, music, spiritual authors. And I guess um, the, the thing about spirituality is that it's not just something that, you turn on and off um it's not something as you uh, you rightly know well i'm here to do my raki healing or i'm here to do whatever here to do meditation or give this um demonstration and that said i'll go back to my normal life it encompasses everything in your life you can um have a spiritual conversation about absolutely anything because everything that we do in this life is geared towards our spiritual advancement so um, it's just really interesting and listening to, to the different guests um, that you have on. I guess that's why you have all these different guests on, because you would have that kind of outlook in life that everything is spiritual, whether it's music, art, um, writing, aliens, mysticism. Um, I also know that you have a, a Learn to Meditate program, which encompasses 21 days, which you give daily videos, guided meditations, and you do step-by-step guidance, mantra, visualization. You also offer retreats. And I know that you worked um, with Harmonic Sound Immersion with Michelle before her passing. Um, sacred ceremonies. You have a healing hearth and stuff like that. Could you talk about some of the programs that you do? Oh, yes. Thank you. And one thing I'll just clarify. The Michelle who does the Harmonic Sound Immersions, she is a different Michelle. So <laughs> she's still around. She's great. Um, and you can find her also on Spotify, Michelle Kreshi. She's she's incredible. Um, but yes, thank you. I have, like we were talking about before, you know, these, the time that we're in right now, there are so many people who are waking up to these higher aspects of themselves. And I know from going through that, that it's kind of like, okay, I really want to explore this, but I don't know how, like, I don't know where to start. Um, And so that learn to meditate, that meditation, it's called 
meditation immersion program, that's that 21 day. And the 21 days is really important because it's the formation of a habit. So if you do that every day for 21 days, you're really setting yourself up to be able to be on the course, go, okay, I'm used to meditating. It's part of my, my world now. Um, and then the healing hearth is the, it's kind of an ongoing program where we meet live um, because the, the meditation immersion is completely self-paced. So the healing hearth is like an ongoing, we meet once a week and we do a meditation. We have a discussion. There's always, it's called the healing hearth because anytime I guide a meditation, there's a healing element, whether I'm calling it out or not. And of course, healing happens, as you've already mentioned, it happens, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So, you know, we have all these different ways that we can take the meditation to help. It's really about wholeness, you know, healing and wholeness, having that same root. Um, that's really where the, the healing part of that comes from. And then there's like a, a community forum where we put inspiration and people can ask for guidance or prayers or whatever. Um, but to kind of, anytime we're not meeting, we can still connect. Um, and the retreats are awesome. Um, I'm preparing for the third retreat, which will be in at the end of August. And I do those with, uh, well, the last one I did and this one are with a, a partner of mine named Michael Massey, who's on the podcast quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And he's a shaman. And um, I met him out in Sedona, Arizona, which is a very, you know, mystical place. And, um, and so the last retreat that we did, we were able, we knew there was a vortex on the site. Are you familiar with like vortexes yeah. from the energy grid or from the earth grid? So we knew there was already one on the site before we had the retreat but we had it during the fall equinox and we were able to, it, it just sort of came about that we were, we opened two more vortexes, two more kind of energetic portal kind of things um, very organically. You know, we were kind of called to the fire one night and just, there were a lot of things that started happening and um, we were using sacred geometries as, as a group. Um, and it was very, uh, very powerful and very interesting. And what was so interesting. So we, this is very related to like the tree that we were just talking about when we get these, like these, um, c confirmations, you know, the, there was a group. So we had the retreat on this site that, um, and the people there was, <laughs> excuse me, staff supporting us, you know, from a just logistical standpoint, it was their land and they were cooking for us and so forth. And on the last day, the woman who had been my contact as I'm, you know, doing everything behind the scenes was talked to the group and thanked us for coming because this was right on the heels of COVID. So they're like, you wouldn't believe how many people have canceled. So we were really, really grateful to have a group here. And we, what did she say? It was like, and we know what you've been doing. We've been watching in the background and we thank you. And I was like, huh. And then I asked Michael later, I was like, did you tell Don what, what, what happened last night? And he's like, no, I haven't talked to her. I'm like, I haven't told, I didn't tell her anything, you know? And she just like, they just knew because they were on the land and they, they knew like that things had shifted. Um, 
And so that was, I mean, what a huge blessing for that to have come through and and to have witnessed that and, and experienced it. It was really, really beautiful. So the retreats are amazing ways to really really separate from daily life and like and and really get into that stillness and get that lift for a longer time where it can really start to assimilate a lot faster than it does when we're just um you know doing it bit by bit a little bit every day i mean that's still very powerful but when we actually take that time to separate and then especially if we've got some guidance and we've got like some you know people who are actually there to nurture that within us because uh, of course we're all familiar well hopefully most people are familiar with vacations it's different than a vacation it's really giving ourselves that time to really get steeped in this vibration and it can be so transformative uh, and very very powerful so that's like my usually the highlight of the year for me are the retreats sounds amazing it really does and i wasn't aware that that's actually your third retreat yeah pretty 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 amazing um we i don't know how much time we have left here um so i don't know whether you need to rush on because we we didn't quite get talking about one of the major things which was our our that's common experiences and yeah. um, so I, I will ask you though, uh, what your what your plans are then for the future? What's happening twenty twenty two? What's what's further afield? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I that I look that far ahead. Really, I mean this this retreat is probably about as far out as I've looked, and and as I'm 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 looking to get more um, more out there not in terms of being like a weirdo <laughs> as I probably already am, but um, you know, I'm already pretty far out there in that, in that like frame of reference, but, um, but really try because again, because so many people are hungry for this and they're looking for direction and, and assistance. And, um, and there are, uh, there are people out there, but there also are a lot of people out there who are, um, I don't know who we need to watch out for. And so I feel like there's this countermeasure, you know, that's needed out there to be like, I, because empowerment is so important for me and I really want to help people connect to their higher self but in an empowering way where it's not this misunderstanding that you have to go through me or you have to go through a teacher, but rather like get that direct contact. That's so important and it's not honored so frequently. Um, so that's like a, a really important thing for me. So I am looking for more ways to help people recognize that and to help them and help them connect to their higher self and to their team, you know, their support system in the ether um, and not be subject to that interference, which unfortunately is, is pretty rampant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if there's, if there's one kind of message that you've learned um, one kind of takeaway um, one creed or whatever throughout all, all of your 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 development through all of your um 
throughout all of your your experiences throughout all of the the things that you have done could you encompass all that could you say that there's one key message one key thing that you could you could give someone who's looking for for a bit of advice um and either viewing this or listening to this what a great question um for me it really goes back to what we were just talking about in terms of um the way people see themselves and the way people hand themselves over um that power there is so much power within every single individual and somebody may look at somebody like you who have these incredible talents who you know you get these messages from the other side you, you the veil is thin for you and they may think like wow you're so special and you are special but that's not to say that they aren't or that that's not within them and that can be such a barrier for people we have so much conditioning from so many facets of our lives that are misconstruing the reality of who we are and there is so much to explore within each individual so much power in there um and and it's it, really it's like yes really you really you who listening you know you too um so that's the that's the main thing that comes up right now you ask me tomorrow it'll be something different but right now it seems very relevant <laughs> That, that's good enough for me, but you're absolutely right there. Um, you know, when I first started my journey, I didn't think it was anyone. I didn't even believe in any of this stuff. And um, I didn't think I was any, although I sort of did, if you know what I mean, you kind of always have that, am I different, you know, but we'll get into that at another stage, you know, having that kind of secret little tiny place within you thinking that maybe you are someone different you are mm. someone special and it's it's something that i've come to learn through through my own kind of research is that um for for most people who don't fit in they're generally well maybe they're not quite native to this planet but we'll we'll get into that yeah. in another conversation <laughs> we'll get into that in another conversation because i'm i'm really aware that you you need to rush on and i really want to thank you so so much for for your time um, it's such a lovely interview, and I really could have um, spent another hour at least talking about you. And we we so still so much to talk about, um, especially given our common experiences. So I, I guess what that means is I'm going to have to have you back on then, Karen. I would love stage. that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, let me get through some of these other kind of. Um, people who have requested a thing and I'll, I'll definitely look at getting you back on because we could base an entire podcast around our common experiences and and some of the other things that we didn't get to talk about but it's been an absolute pleasure I've had so much fun it's been a, a real joy talking to you and I, I I really do wish you all the best and all the success in what you do and I just really do hope that uh, you have so much blessings and so much energy and so much love that comes into your life and maybe one day you'll you'll get to return to Italy and live there full time. Yes, right. Well, thank you so much, Zenith. This has really, really been a joy and you're doing amazing work. I'm so excited that this is just the very beginning for you because there's so much uh, that you're going to keep providing for people and opening doors and, and pathways for people. So, And I look forward to next time. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it it's definitely through people like you that I that I learn so much about myself and learn so much about other aspects of my journey. So keep on doing the good work that you're doing. And maybe one day I'll get you to join you in your retreat. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nye. Bye, Cara. Thanks. Bye.